Welcome to Scarlet Raven Gaming Podcast. We are your hosts, Veda and Taylor. In this podcast, we talk about board games of all kinds. Weigh anchor and make ready for this week's episode. It's like asking, why is Ludwig von Beethoven's Ninth Symphony beautiful? If you don't see why, someone can't tell you. I know numbers are beautiful. If they aren't beautiful, nothing is. Paul Erdos. This is Quicks! For some basic game stats, the number of players is 2 to 5. The length of the game is 15 minutes, the recommended age is 8+, plus, and the type of game is probability and decision making. Taylor, will you run us through a round of gameplay? In a round of gameplay, you are going to start by picking up six dice. Two of these dice are white, the other four are red, blue, yellow, and green, respectively. You'll roll all six dice, and you will call out the number of the two white dice as a combined total. Every other player except you can use that total to mark off on their scorecard that number and then cross out everything that came before it. You can use any combination of a white die, one singular white, one singular white die, and one of the color die to mark off a number of that color or the color die on its own with no additions. And you can mark off a number that way. And when you're done, yeah, pass the dice to the left. Now the goal of the game is to have the most points at the end and the more uh, numbers you are able to mark off in each color row, the higher your score will be as, as a stacking effect. So that's the goal. And you get there by marking off the most logical way on your turn. And there are, you have to get, I believe, five in a row, but there are locks that allow you to get an additional square. I want to specify something, because you said five in a row. She means five in a color row, not literally like two, three, four, five, six. Right. She means you have to have at least five marked off in a row before you can lock the row and eliminate the die as well as get the final number, whether it's a 12 or a 2. And the each time you get an additional number, like there's a multiplier on that basically at the bottom, and if you cannot get a number out of the dice, you have to take... You take a penalty. You can have up to three penalties. Each one is minus five from your total score. Highest score wins. I don't remember if I said that, so I'm going to repeat it. And the game ends when two rows have been taken When out. two rows are locked and two, two of the red, yellow, blue, and green die have been removed from the pool. Would you say this game has replayability? It has a ton of replayability because it is a... It's a, a pattern probability luck strategy game. That's how I would classify it. 
um, the dice, the rolls, the, all of that. It makes it it's very fun to play it over and over and over again and really dig into the numbers and the rhythm. Now, it's only fun to play, I would say, a couple times in any given day because I, I know it. working in those high numbers and the balancing the should I take a, a mark in red or a mark in blue that can fatigue the brain pretty quickly. Oh, and something that you wouldn't know because you can't see a card right in front of you is one, two of the columns or rows go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They do not. They go 2, 3, 4, 5, Sorry. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. There is no one because you minimum is, is two dice. And then there are two rows that are 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. And it's all on a dry erase board, and you're using a dry erase marker to mark off the things. Yes. What are the optimum number of players? I like the three to five range. I know you can play with two, but I like like three or more. We have played with two. Taylor We've played and I a lot play with two. Just us, so... We, we are familiar with playing with two, and I, don't, I wouldn't say it is a bad game to play it's with. It's not two bad, but the question it's not like was Clue. Optimum. Yes, but I'm just bringing up the fact that it, it is not a terrible game like Clue, where it's just awful to play with just two. An excellent parry, indeed. Touche. How much space do you need? Your lap and a place to roll dice. Yeah, not even like a full card size table. Like we've used a TV tray, I'm pretty sure, before. For sure. Can the game be played outside? Yes. I I'd, think this would be a pretty easy one to play outside. Yeah, because the dice are pretty big and pretty heavy. I would be careful with, uh, you know, water, because the uh, it is a dry erase surface on a cardboard little play area. But yeah, I would say yes. outside's fine. Does the game have lots of pieces? Not really. You've got the player boards and then the six dice and then your dry erase markers and that's it. Yeah, it's pretty light on pieces. How long does it take to learn the game? Less than five minutes. But it, it's, it falls in that category and it's such a cliche thing to say, you know, a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. It feels like it's in that vibe. Yeah. I would agree, because there's some some moments where I, I still feel like I'm, I'm learning about how I should play. And that has more to do with the, the back side of the board, which is not as straightforward as the front side. Right. We'll get to that in a minute. How long does setup and takedown take? 30 seconds. Yeah, pull the game out of the box. Hand people their boards. Dump out the dice. Maybe erase Grab some a marker. extraneous marks on the board if someone you else should have erased those when you put it up. That didn't potentially erase them when they put Shame them. Shame on them. What are your general thoughts about the board game? I think it's a lot of fun. I enjoy the math, not even the math aspect. I enjoy the probability aspect and um, playing with the uh, understanding the statistics of the bell curve as you get these dice distributions. I think it's a lot of fun. I think yeah. it's interesting. It's uh, it's brain teasery. 
I think it's a lot of fun too. And I, I agree with the, the fact that it's a decision making because you'll roll some dice and, and get a four and say, oh yeah, I'm going to take a four because that's pretty close to the, the beginning. And then someone will roll, roll a two and you're like, well, dang it, I should have just waited a couple of turns and taken the two. And so it, it is that trying to make decisions. I think it's actually kind of similar to Sky Joe in that that regard in terms of like having to make the decision to I'm going to disagree with you there okay. in a big meaningful way you can undo those decisions in Sky Joe with continued play there's no way to go back and get that 2 once it's gone that's true or that 12 or once that row is shut out too bad so well, I sad I would say that there is a, a limited number of cards in Sky Joe so there there is a certain amount of that's true but you can still do something about it. Yeah. You could be like, ah, oh, I'll just delete the row. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. But I do like the game. I think it's mm-hmm. fun. I For agree sure. with you that only a couple of, of rounds of it, it, it does get a little bit like mentally fatiguing after a while. Because mm-hmm. you are having to think a lot, especially if you do turn it over to the other side. Yes. Because the other side is... Can you explain the other side? So... So on the, the front side of the game, you've got your four rows of red, yellow, blue, and green. When you flip it over, each row has a section of each of those four colors in it. And you have to you know, make sure your blue seven isn't knocking you out of a couple of options for yellow. And then it, it makes the whole math of it more difficult. But I would, I still think it's fun. It is fun. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. We don't play the the back side of the card very often. I don't like the back side. I feel like I have to play a couple, couple three games to get warmed up, and by that point, I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> what are some strategy elements? So my strategy, the the core of the way I play is I try to be very open in the beginning and see how the numbers are going, uh, whether they're tending to be more low or more high. And then I just pick a row that I'm going to try to go all in on and try and mark out every single one of them that I can. And then I try and have one, if I can't get my main row, like if I can't get red, I'm going to be trying to get green. And if I can't get green... Be trying to get yellow. If I can't get yellow, I'll let things filter into blue because there is that. It is better to get your fifth mark in red than your than to get four marks if it's one and two, or three or six marks if it's one and two, and the other three columns, because you you get so much of a higher point payoff. So that, that's my thing is like stick to a row, milk every single thing you can out of one row and then have a, like a dedicated backup row. I would say I probably let the dice decide more than trying to stick to a specific row. Yeah, you have to let, you have to let the dice decide which of the rows you stick with. Right. 
And if you're like, oh, well, it, it worked out where I got a two. Oh, it works out where I get a three. Oh, I can get a four. Oh, I got a five. Like, that's when you know, okay, this is my row. I've gotten four in a row. Right. It means I can get a lot of points here. Yeah, yeah, This is actually four in a row. I know we made that clarification earlier. Four in a row in within a row. the row. In a row, in a row, in a row. The limb on the tree, and the tree in the hole, and the hole in the bog. And the bog down in the valley, yo. Mm, true. So some helpful tips that I would have for you is to make sure you have really good markers and erasers because it gets very annoying when your markers don't work or they work halfway and you can't see what you've marked off. And then the other tip I have is make sure you get confident or comfortable with that front side before you try the back side. It is a lot. Agreed. And then if you like this game, some similar games would be Yahtzee and Farkle, which are also both dice rolling games. Different rules, but very similar in the, the numbers that you have to combine and get points for. Well, they both have that kind of uh, that stacking value where the longer you go with one thing, the more value you get. Right. That's true. also always fun i'm going to use the taylor term here to use click clack math rocks click clack math rocks are the most fun things in the world do you have anything else you'd like to say no okay cool hey guys if what you just heard sounds interesting buy this game through the link in the show notes if you like this episode pass it to the left and make sure your friends hear about it and check out our socials links for all that and more are in the show notes. Thanks, guys.